1: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to chumpacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumpacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18+ plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey. Slam me, Ay-go. Hey, hey. Slam me, Ay-go. Hey, Slam me, Ay-go. Slam me, hey. You already know what's up. What's that another home?
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome, episode 554 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here, and I've got a special guest, Craig Elston, who just got a new radio gig with 973 The Fan, Annie and Elston. Weekdays on 973 The Fan, 10 to 2. They're with Braden Soprenit, who has also been on the show. That was a while back. Uh, But it's great to have Craig on. Uh, I appreciate your time. He is also co-host Padres Hot Tub, does some work with San Diego Soccers, obviously. Um, so again, Craig, thank you so much for coming on. And let's first get, before we get to your radio show and some other San Diego sports stuff, obviously mainly a Padres show here, and let's get started with the off season. I think this has been probably the saddest off season of my life. Now, you may not say that because you've got a lot more years on this earth than I do, um, but this has been a pretty big kick in the nuts, I'd say. Peter Seidler passing away, Juan Soto getting traded, Snell Hater obviously not coming back, Martinez, Lugo, Waka not coming back, Hasung Kim in trade talks. Um, it's, it just hasn't been, has not been a great winter, was not a great season, was not a great 2023 really, except the uh, anticipation of what ended up being a very disappointing season. So my question to you is just, how surprised are you about what has happened so far this offseason? Are you surprised? I forgot to even mention Bob Melvin, um, not the manager
1: anymore, and now Mike Schultz, the manager. Yeah, we've run through so many calamities so fast. It's like it's hard to keep track. Um, yeah. it, it's it's not surprising in that Peter Seidler passed away. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about on Padres Hot Tub, on Annie and Elston, 2023, the most consequential year, that the Padres have ever had, and and we hoped it was going to be in a good way, but it wound up being in the opposite direction. The the Bally deal falling through, sixty million dollars of guaranteed money going poof, being replaced by a pay per view scheme, and you know Seidler's grand ambition to take this franchise in a completely different direction. Now in a direction that, you know, as you look at it more every day, every year, looks a little spend foolish. Right. Like in terms yeah. of future commitments and, and how bogged down and restricted we are. So in many ways, I feel like AJ Preller is trying to give himself at least a modicum of flexibility to get through this season, hopefully have a competitive season, a good season, but get to a 2025 when then he could start to project a Merrill Snelling, etc. cetera, to, to join, add have some low cost Marcy, Pauly, etc. Low cost guys to mix into this group to allow us to really get to the spot where we could actually sign someone again.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just at this point where if they would have made the playoffs last year, if they would have still had the TV deal, they'd have way more money, and maybe you know they'd have a little bit more of a budget, but. There's also the luxury tax and now they get to reset. And so if they go over now, it's 20% next year instead of whatever it would have been. And then the draft picks on top of it. So I do understand a little bit, obviously what's going on here. Um, One of the topics that is happening now. And Dennis Lynn came out with a mailbag on this week, this episode, by the way, going out on Thursday, um, Hassan Kim and Hassan Kim's future. I'm someone that thinks that Hassan Kim should be dealt if the Padres get the right trade package back. So if let's say the Marlins, right? They have Jesus Lazardo. If Hassan Kim gets dealt there and the Marlins say one year, we need a shortstop or second base, whatever, we'll get him. Maybe we try to extend him, whatever. And the Padres can send them someone. I don't think Graham Pauly would be in it, but a prospect. And then let's say Zavala on top and Kim. And they get back Jesus Lazardo, or they get back one of their other starting pitchers. If it's the right deal, Seattle Mariners, I think, is a fit with Hassan Kim. If they get back the right deal, I think that it makes sense because you this isn't Juan Soto, where I understood Juan Soto, but positionally, you trade Juan Soto, there was no left fielder to go play left field. There's no same thing with Trent Grisham. Like Tatis isn't right. We're here with Kim. At least you can have Cronworth go back to the position that he's most valuable at. You have Jackson Merrill that could come up. I think it makes more sense to trade Kim over Merrill. I was talking about that on my show today. So a long, long um, you know, statement by me before the question, but ha Kim's future, what do you think it should be in San Diego?
1: Well, I, I'm really in accord with you here, Ben. And, and we talked about this on and Elston earlier as well. When you look at where the market is today, you have to start asking yourself some tough questions, such as, all right, let's say we're going to play it out with ha Kim with the goal of keeping him here. How much is that going to cost? Well, by Dennis Lynn's estimations, maybe 130 to $150 million could get the job done. However, Dansby Swanson at an even older age with some somewhat similar production got $177 million. You know, Trevor story got $140 million. And I don't think he grades anywhere near where Hassan Kim does defensively, which teams are going to value all around the league. So What I keep coming back to to answer this question is I I try and reverse engineer it. Like how can the Padres keep Ha Sung Kim? Well, now you have to create a position for him and you've got Machado and you've got Bogarts. You don't want to play Jake Cronenworth at first base. Are you going to trade Jake Cronenworth so you can play Ha Sung Kim at second base? Now Jackson Merrill's coming. Where's Jackson Merrill going to play? Are we going to put him in the outfield? That seems like a mistake to me. No one, none of these guys should be first baseman other than maybe Manny down the the line someday. So how do we do it? Like, how do we make it work? By comparison, if you trade him, he's maybe at his all-time high in value. You don't know if he has even a slight regression on offense and it makes his value at a deadline-type move so much less valuable than it would be right now. So I'm with you. I think you could take Kim and a number six, number nine type prospect situation or number nine, number 15, put that all together, get yourself something controllable. The Padres have to do this. They can't go in planning on, you know, dime store free agents and kids to fill the rest of the roster. Yeah. And the point with Hassan Kim
2: and where he would play, like, does it make sense? Like the deadline is my point is at the deadline. What makes us think that they're going to move Hassan Kim anyway at the deadline? Like, they'll see, okay, his value's not as much as A.J. Preller wants, and look what happened this past year. Now, maybe they learned the lesson, but you're still not getting as much as you'd get this offseason. And you would have went the entire first half pre-deadline with Cronenworth at first base again, with Cronenworth sitting on the bench for the most part. If you're bringing in a first baseman, how are you getting that first baseman to come in here? Because there's no one in the minors that is ready right now. Like, who is going to be that? So, yeah, it just we're going to have Garrett Cooper come in again and be the first baseman. It's not the worst option, but you're going to have Jake Croninger sitting on the bench that you're paying him $80 million. And by the way, this is his first year on the extension. It didn't even start last year. I hopefully fans remember that. Like, this is the first year coming up. So, yeah, I think this is sort of like Soto. And I was saying this earlier today on my show. Like, with him, I get it, the money definitely create more flexibility. We knew that had to be done, but the same point was being made about Soto as what probably should be made about Kim. Like there's one year left. I've already resigned to the fact that he's not coming back. You can get him. You can get a good amount back for him. Even if it's one guy, that could be a significant piece to help you win in 24 and beyond. It just, it's hard to feel like the Padres are putting themselves in the best spot. having Kim and Cronenworth and Bogarts and Manny and Merrill coming up all in that infield in 2024. So I I just, I just don't see it. Now, AJ Preller, he has a lot of work to do this off season. What do you think his future is? Is this, for me, this is like do or die. Like you've got to be a postseason team this year. I get there's the Dodgers and there's other teams in the national league, and they're going to continue to try to get better. We'll see what the Cubs do and the NL East teams. But this, this is a make-or-break year. I think fans would have said he should be gone already, but there was obviously unique circumstances this offseason.
1: Uh, absolutely. I would have been okay with anybody saying that at the end of last year they had to let A.J. Preller go. Um, what we don't know, Ben, it's the single biggest um, known unknown about the Padres in 2023. It's who knew how sick Peter was, and when because there's a lot of the moves that AJ Preller made that I would lambaste him for that make a lot more sense within the context of dying owner makes last request Uh, and Jay Cronenworth's legacy contract. The only thing I've been able to make sense of that is dying owner saying, you gave me the best moment of my life as a Padres fan. And I'm going to make sure your family is taken care of for generations to come. And, and that's a noble sentiment because every other aspect of signing Jake Cronenworth to a seven year contract extension was <laughs> was absolute strategic nonsense for the San Diego Padres. Unfortunately, so I lo- I really like Jake Cronenworth. A lot of people in town are like, oh, you're that guy who bashes Jake Cronenworth. And I I love Jake Cronenworth. I thought he was one of the most absolutely valuable things you could possibly have on a team, a good hitting affordable infielder on his rookie deal that you're going to pay through arbitration. And look at that. When his when his free agent year is up, he's like 34. It's the perfect time to let him go. You, you got every ounce of value out of him and you let him go at the perfect time. It was just set up like a bouquet that they poured vinegar on top of and said, okay, well now it's going to last forever. And, and I've I just, but now it makes sense, right? If you say, well, if, if Peter Seidler wanted something on the way out, the tenure extensions, you know, hey, Manny, you're going to be here forever. Xander, you're going to be here forever. I will speak from the grave, Peter Seidler said. And his, those extensions speak. As he lays silent, those extensions speak. You can't change this team. Like, you can't do it. They, they are both full no-trade clause. You can't go. You, Musgrove, everyone – very inflexible very inflexible so i'm getting to i'm getting to the answer to the question you asked i have no idea what aj preller's job security situation is anymore does eric kutsenda have a win now mantra or have not heard a cut him speak. haven't heard right? him speak is it just get under the cbt dude and we'll check in with you in 2025 that's what it almost feels like to me And the way Preller has been able to rebuild this farm system, we know he does a good job at that. The way he gets critical international free agents, he got Salas, Leo DeVries is about to be signed. That's going to be the thing we get all excited about. Hopefully next week, we're all going absolutely ape because now we've got another maybe 60, 65 future value prospect that is in the beginning of his start in the organization. I'm starting to really think that as long as AJ Preller gets his financial ducks in a row, that he might be able to survive any kind of 2024 because of where the Padres are now compared to where they were. Now, I'll just say this as I pass it back to you, Ben. It's one thing to say that in the winter, and it's another thing if a team is in fourth place with the Mm -hmm. highest season ticket prices ever and people are starting to revolt and turn in their season tickets and, and the folks who are on the marketplace can't sell their stuff and everyone's feeling like they're taking a loss. On the Padres, that's when it can spiral downward, and then somebody has to take the blame. But I just kind of feel like it's a house of fire situation right now. And so it's tough to tell the firefighter that he's not doing a good job. Yeah. You mentioned season tickets. I mean, what how do you
2: feel about that? Obviously, Craig he has season tickets. Uh, you're you think you said earlier today 308, right?
1: I did. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm in 309. I wasn't 311, 309. My family has half season tickets in 309. So season ticket prices, obviously they keep going up and it's understandable when, you know, we're making it to the NLCS, adding payroll. But I, I mean, I remember when you lose to the Dodgers and then you release it like that at Petco Park when they lost the Dodgers and yep, they're raising prices. You miss the postseason. You got the chairman's death, trading Soto, all these other big guys not coming back. Cutting payroll, getting under the CBT. I mean, you got the Dodgers, all these other teams making these, you know, big, splashy moves. And then the Padres keep raising the prices up. How do you feel as a season ticket holder about that?
1: I felt absolutely fine about it last year. Mm -hmm. When they made the raise from 2022 to 2023, I said, I'm here with you, man. I'm good. Raise them up. I'll buy a jersey on top. You're doing your part. I'll do my part. And then they said, "Hey, we need to do. We need to pop it again." And it was more than before, at least in in our section, it was significantly more than it was before. I kind of felt like they evened it out, and some of the people they hit hard in twenty three, they're gonna hit the other guys harder in twenty four, balance out the pain. I'm like, "Uh, okay." That, that's kind of how I felt at the time. Was like, "Well, all right, you know, as long as." Literally to me as a full season ticket holder, my calculus is two things. Is the team enjoyable? Am I finding pleasure in going to the park slash is the resale market at a spot where I can recoup the value of my tickets over the course of the season. And I am not afraid to sell a May Dodger series by the way. And I know that's sacrilege, but I got to make my nut, you know, and, and and get it paid. And I'll be there in September to, to fill those seats for a critical game, you know? Um, but if that falls apart, they're in big, 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 big trouble. And if you know, in September last year, you couldn't sell your season tickets. Yeah. For anything, like the last two and a half home stands on Padres Hot Tub Patreon, I swear to you, Ben. Almost every day, I was like, three tickets up for grabs. Who wants them? First come, first serve. No cost. Just who wants to take my tickets? And the answer was, uh, screw that, man. I don't. I don't need to go see them play. So, it, it's it's rough. I completely understand why the team needs to get their payroll to where it needs to be. Yeah, I do. Valley sports is gone. That's $60 million. And being a four-time offender of the salary tax, it's really painful. They do that on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like they wrote those rules for a reason. And that's it as a, very, very tiny sidebar. That's what makes me continuously so mad about the 2021 trade deadline. One of AJ Preller's lowest moments when he traded for Jake Marisnik to get us pennies over the threshold. Not literally. That was but- uh, Adam Frazier, too, right? And let's stick right. him in left field for a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, and the right handed reliever that, that closed the th- uh, Hudson. Right. Yeah, Daniel Hudson, Hudson yep. but, but it was like, literally, I think the last trade he made was Marisnik. Yeah. And that was we were the waiting. one yeah, waiting like, for the big just under trade or something. Whoop, yeah. yeah took us just over, just over the CBT threshold so that we could be two time repeat offenders. So that then last year we could be three time, you know, and so on and so forth to get to the point where we get nothing for Snell and Hader now uh, on the way out the door, we can't keep doing that. The Dodgers are going to do that for a decade. They're going to do it for the next 10 years. They're going to be 10 time offenders. And in that time, they're not going to be able to build their system the way we will. We've got to get under. So I get that. But damn, Ben, it hurts. It, It hurts to know we're spending more for something that's going to be maybe, maybe less than it was before. Yeah. And again,
2: if we're in October and we see those amazing crowds then okay, yeah, you can raise the prices like you're you're spending a bunch of money on the team and all that. But yeah, it's going to hurt fans um, and piss fans off when the prices get raised, when the product is not up to the level of expectation. And it's not just the money aspect of it, but it's the time as well, because there's a lot of people that have jobs and they take a lot of time out of their weeks, their nights to go to Petco Park spend money not just on the tickets but on parking on food and to get disappointed especially with how much talent there was and all the fans that went to fan fest last year it was just a huge huge disappointing season for sure but now let's let's try to be positive here what i think we can we, be what are we looking forward to in 2024 like i i did a show on this the other day I'm looking forward to seeing a fully healthy Fernando Tatis Jr., seeing Manny back, seeing Musgrove, who was really good for the most of the season this past year, Um, I think since that Yankee start at Yankee Stadium, and then he obviously got hurt. Seeing what Darvish can do, seeing the Yankee guys coming over in the trade, Jackson Merrill, if he comes up. like There's still things to be excited about. Camposano's progression. Um, What
1: are you looking forward to in 2024? Well, I'll start with one of the last names you said, which is Luis Camposano. Uh, you know, I really think he dramatically changed the shape of the Padres lineup last season because one of the major issues, as you very well know, the Padres had last year was runners in scoring position production. They were at sometimes historically bad, at other times just incredibly bad. I think they, they got their level up to incredibly bad away from historically bad. So Camposano changed that in that it gave you a contact line drive hitter with a little power Uh, down there in those RBI spots. Before that, it was Gary Sanchez either getting a homer or a swinging strikeout. Honestly, Cronenworth was good for a strikeout or a pop-up a lot more than he was delivering RBI hits when he was put in the RBI positions. And Xander Bogarts you know, had a, a super disappointing year with runners in scoring position. But Camposano made things different. We went from Nola and Sullivan, who couldn't hit at all, to Sanchez, who... Was kind of like rolling a six sided die, and on a one, it's great, and, you know. On two through six, it's a strikeout, and going to actually, okay, we might get hits. He'll he'll dunk one over the second baseman's head. He'll rip one over the shortstop's head, and and put it into the gap. And that's what this club needs. I'd I'd really like to see uh, if they can't go buy power or acquire power to at least get hitting, line drive hitting, people who can put base hits on the board because Tatis is going to be great. I think this year Machado is going to come back and I'm really looking at Xander Bogarts to have, you know, a five, six war type season for the San Diego Padres, that second year free agent, big contract bounce back uh, after a, a year of, of expectation and pressure in 2023. If those things happen, the Padres lineup is going to score some runs. You know, we talk about the holes in the lineup. There were holes in the lineup in 2022. I was Mm -hmm. freaking out on Padres hot tub when Jerkson Profar was the starting outfielder. Last year, Rugnet Odor was a starting outfielder. And Nola was an automatic out. So, the Padres had some of the worst holes in the lineup last year. I'm not, like, going, oh, well, now if you put a Zokar in, now it's somehow way worse than Austin Nola. So I you know, I think they can score runs. I'm excited to see King. I'm really excited to see one of these young pitchers. I, I figure one of them. Iriarte, Mazer. Maybe it's Mazer. Maybe he's the one who's closest. Burgert. Like somebody pops through some point in the middle of the season. Maybe it's Brito, maybe it's Vasquez, pops through in the middle of the season and becomes someone you start to count on. Uh and, yeah. and if you have that, and and you've got King. I'm really excited for Michael King. I think he has a chance to be an excellent starter. I think it's a Musgrove type pickup of someone that's a little under the radar. And then you see him and you go, okay, I I get it. I see it. He's a, I heard his interview yesterday on the fan. He's a Corey Kluber acolyte. He's kind of got that Kluber esque uh, uh, repertoire. So I think there's plenty to be excited about. I think one good trade is going to have us all talking about an 88 win team. They can get into the playoffs and do some damage. And quite frankly, Ben, that's all you need to be in baseball anymore. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud
0: Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why?
2: It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not even thinking about the N.O. West. I was on foul territory with uh, Adam Jones, A.J. Pruszynski, Eric Krauts, uh, Scott Braun last week. And yeah, it's like my thoughts on the N.O. West is I don't really have a whole lot. Like I think we all know. Yeah, the Dodgers, if they don't win the NOS, that's a huge upset, and that's a failure on them. They're going to win their 120 games. If the Padres win 86, 85, gets into the postseason, that's all that matters. Would we love to have the postseason games, wildcard series at Petco Park? Sure, but we saw what they did in 22. They performed better than the New York Mets, who won over 100 games. They performed better in New York. They won one of the games at Dodger Stadium, and then they won both games at Petco Park. And some of the, the guys that weren't contributing during the regular season, like Trent Grisham, or as much as they should have been, came through with some big hits in the postseason. So it's really about being hot when it matters the most, and that's been a problem for the Dodgers. So all the moves that they make, I'm not sitting here like, oh, no, oh, crap. I, I might do that in October when if they're playing well. But right now, I'm like, yeah, they're going to win the division, regardless of if they would have made these moves. They, they're going to win the division. Okay but that's not what the main goal is. Like Bob Nightingale the other day, I know you were talking about this on your show, uh, going from World Series to wild card. Well, wild card winners you know, are getting to the wild card. They go win the World Series and they go make it to the World Series. Haven't you been watching the game the past few years? Um, So yeah, it's get in. Let's get more of a well-rounded, complete roster and see what happens. Um, Let's move to your new gig here Annie and Elston 973 the fan let me know let the fans know how did this come about when did this process start for you i mean we were talking obviously at the soccer's tournament the golf tournament at, in uh, early december did you yep. know early then wh- were there conversations when did that start
1: okay well i mean i'll just tell you know i'll put it all out there it's it's all open now uh, in october discussions began Um, the, the station let John Quintero know pretty early in October that they were going to let him go at the end of the year, gave him a lot of choices on how he wanted to finish out, uh, his time at the fan, including staying there. That was actually, their goal was for him to stay there. And, and, uh, he declined, uh, to stay there. Uh, you know, Adam Klug is the program director at 97.3, the fan, uh, he's a guy that, uh, in my time in radio which you know on and off goes all the way back to 1996 he's not someone i've met before in the industry i think he's somebody who really has his finger on where san diego radio is going where san diego sports talk radio is going what it used to be and what it can be uh and in that he had an idea honestly of a show that he'd like to to put together and it was Annie and Elston and uh I didn't think necessarily that I was inclined to go back to radio. You know, I, I spent the first 13 years of my pro career as, as a full-time person in radio, uh, 1996 to 2009, uh, in 2009 clear channel, let 55% of their workforce go nationwide on Obama's inauguration morning. Uh, it was, it was quite a day. Uh, and, I've spent the last 15 years in pro sports. You know, I had had time while I was doing that at uh, the Mighty 1090, but I was always kind of a part-time person there, someone sort of on the shelf. Uh, Their program directors wanted football, jocks. You know, did you play the game? Did you play college? Did you play pro? Um, That's the very old school sports talk radio that, you know, my career grew up in, Uh, you know, from extra sports 690, all the way through that's kind of that that's the classical sports radio attitude and adam has the opposite he he wants 97.3 to be about baseball he wants it to be about the padres he wants you to talk baseball all the time be creative be thoughtful be fun be silly be whatever but but stay at it like like keep at it this is our team let's be a home for people who want to hear about our team uh, and, you know, there's nothing I want to talk about more than baseball <laughs> almost all the time. Uh, But also, this is a town that's changing its sports demographic. The Chargers are now long gone. You know, for five or six years, sports talk radio here was this awful, horrible, echoey sound of people going, it's not as good without the Chargers, you know, and just every single thing was like, well, it was better if it was the Chargers and you got to get over it. Right. And 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 now we San Diego. Yeah. For what it is, you know, and, and and the vacuum was created and in came the goals in came the seals, you know, the soccer's have an opportunity, San Diego wave FC, and now MLS, San Diego FC coming to town, 2025. We're going to have big time players. We're in the biggest, league in the United States of America. We're going to have, if our team's good, we're going to play in CONCACAF. You know, we're going to be able to play against Liga MX clubs. You're going to be part of the global conversation now in soccer in San Diego, something we've been dreaming about for years. So, this sounds like this whole, like, I don't know, expository statement. He put Annie and I together. We've been friends, casual friends. We've never worked together. Um, I couldn't dream of someone else I'd rather work with. Than Annie Halpern, With so much respect in town. Such an incredible, warm, bright personality. Everybody loves Annie. Respects the hell out of her. People in front offices. Players do way more than they'll ever respect me. Or should respect me. So, you know, gives us some opportunities. So, it all came together. We had to go through a whole process. You know, Odyssey put the job up on, on the nationwide website like they had to do. And we had to do interviews and second interviews and third interviews and so on and so forth. But it came together. And uh yeah, you know, for the last month, it was this really obnoxious, like, can't tell anybody, can't mm-hmm. tell anybody until, you know, Hacksaw decided to be an asshole and tell everybody. So
2: what, okay. So what is the, what is your goal here with this show to stand out in San Diego? I mean, because you're right with Annie who, man, I'm hoping she can come on the show sometime. Uh, she's super busy, um, but with Annie, obviously her background in San Diego sports and her relationships that she's built with players and in the Padres and the background that you have as a season ticket holder Padres fan and someone that's been in radio as well. When I was negative six years old or whatever, um, like what is your goal? Why, how are you trying
1: to stand out here in San Diego with this show? Well, I think it's it's really to try and take sports radio to where it's going here in town. And so on the most basic level, that's to not be locked into the old headlines at the top of the hour, phone calls at 15 and 45 recorded guest at the bottom of the hour, repeat four times, you know, Hey, all we're doing here is talking sports. I'm going to push through a, a NHL segment at you or whatever. The, the marching orders we've gotten, have been have fun, be yourselves, create that chemistry however long it takes, talk Padres baseball. The next highest thing on your topic sheet should be nothing, yourselves, your lives, things that happen in the real world, observations, things that are fun, things that are funny. You know, uh, We want our show to be a cool, fun place to hang every day where you feel like you're coming back to hear your friends, you're hoping you're gonna get a smile out of it, You know, no one talks baseball the way we're going to talk baseball. You know, I'm going to bring that analytical hook that you've heard on Padres Hot Tub for years. Uh, You know, I'm going to bring that really looking at it and getting in and digging in because we want this team to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, we want them to win. We want them to succeed. I'm not just going to be there to puff up everyone's skirts. I couldn't have laughed harder when people were like, oh, they got the Padres light people. We're just going to be there to puff up the Padres. I'm like, guys, you must not know me very well. That's funny, you know. So I, I don't think we're going to piss off the Padres too much, hopefully. But you know, hopefully they also won't go 12 and 36 or something, you know. Exactly, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's on you guys too <laughs> to not be terrible. Uh, but that and also, straight up, Ben, I want our show to be well positioned to be a place that people come to to grow the soccer conversation in san diego because mls is coming and when it arrives that's our second major league sports team in town but if an nba team came to town people would have a hard time because there's not a lot of basketball fans in the san diego sports media if a football team came to town they'd be set everyone would be completely set nobody in our town almost knows how to speak soccer or or, or really has just all the people who work professionally very few of them are even just soccer fans. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of football fans with some baseball mixed in that work in our industry. So I think we've got a great opportunity. We're already working uh, with, as this comes out today on the show on Thursday, we're having on San Diego FC CEO, Tom Penn, for a big announcement. Like, we're working with these clubs to try and make sure that we have fun, smart, engaged, real conversation about this. Not just like, oh... Good for you guys. You've got a new soccer team in town. What's that mean? Like, really get into it, dig into it, make it something for passionate fans. And I think when that happens, uh, there's just no stopping us. Yeah, because there's, and I'll, I'll, I mean, someone that works for the Wave and you work in
2: soccer, obviously. Like, there are soccer fans here, and San Diego, yes, a lot of it is the Padres. And again, like you've said, that's focus of your show. But there's also other San Diego sports out there that I think deserves more coverage. Um, And that's part of why I've expanded this YouTube channel from not just being a Padres show, but from tacking on some other San Diego sports at the end of shows or just making videos reactions to San Diego state games, because there are people out there. There are fans out there that care about these teams as well. So yeah, I agree. Like the more, the better when it comes to other teams being talked about. And one of those is San Diego wave who, I don't think it's talked about enough. I mean, actually, I know it's not talked about enough. How impressive their first two years have been in the NWSL as an expansion team. Obviously, Alex Morgan helps, but they came in with a plan. It's not like they were like, oh, Alex Morgan, that's great, cool. No, they came in with a plan. How is that going to happen? How are they going to market that? What players were they going to – was Casey Stoney going to help groom on this club? And it started with Naomi Gurma there with their first draft pick. Yes, it did. They've had a freaking plan, and it's been amazing. The first two years, making the playoffs in year one, record-breaking crowds. Same thing in year two, winning the shield in year two. Which obviously, your voice is in the video on San Diego Waves YouTube page. I, I do love when, that. You know, I I, yeah, that. exactly. That has to be amazing for you. But again, a long thing here to get to my question. But just how impressed? have you been here with San Diego waves first couple of years and what the future is going to look like? Cause it looks bright.
1: I think they've done something I've never seen before. Honestly, I think it's an unprecedented story that is just very barely discussed at all because once again, people don't want to get into it. You know, <laughs> like it, it's a lot easier to be on the outside and go, well, I don't understand that I'm just going to stay on the outside and, and wish them well. San Diego Waves FC as you said completely correctly came in with a game plan which is we have a hotbed in San Diego County of girls soccer. We have we have the Wave, Surf, Nomads, Cardiff Soccers all the way down the line, right? Alb- Albion and and you know the list goes on. Extremely well established clubs that have, you know, money in them that that have everything and The players they acquired in that first year, they and Jill Ellis and Casey Stoney and the coaching staff every single week. Their goal as a franchise was to get to two clubs a week, two clubs a week, get their players out there on the on the training pitch. Get their coaches out there. Get their faces out there. Get their colors out there. Get the tickets out there. And that's how you build a community. You stitch it. You know, from the ground up, true grassroots. In addition to that, San Diego Wave FC has actively courted the LGBTQ plus community as a financial bulwark for their franchise. And tell you what, you give a community love and respect. You treat them as sports fans and not as a novelty. And you get an opportunity to have fans who are going to root for you that aren't going to root for the other teams in town. And that's what happens with San Diego wave FC. I see a completely different clientele at San Diego wave matches than I saw at San Diego loyal matches. Was there some crossover? Of course, but a lot of it looked completely different, different, younger, more vibrant, more colorful, more diverse. And that's how you get 30,000. That's how you get 18,000 on a Wednesday night for an NWSL challenge cup match. Mm -hmm. Like, they have done it. Now, they put the money behind it, too. You know, Ron Burkle's backed them. They've had the marketing budget. They've, they've poured it out there. They've done the job. And, and I've always said, people treat sports like a business. They say, oh, I want to treat my team like a business. That's how to run a bad team. Running a sports team is building a machine. You have to build a machine with the right parts, the right people, and you have to fuel that machine. You have to pour fuel into the machine, and then the machine starts shooting money out the other side. But you have to build the right machine to create the the funnel to shoot the money out enough to make it work. The wave have done it, and the money's shooting out.
2: Yeah, well, you said it perfectly, and what I would also add on top of this is it's not just them – Treating the fans and, in, in, you know, treating the fans with great respect and caring a lot about the community as someone that's involved with that. Like I know how, how much they make a point to go out in the community like that, um, but also with the players because in the NWSL there's been a history of not treating the players the way that they should be treated, and that has not been the case with Sanding Wave. They have treated them the way that they need to be treated with the expansion draft, which I disagree with. Sierra Engie ends up being taken. What happens? They immediately take her back and say, you're not going over there. You care about the wave. You want to be here. We're going to have you be back here. Like just doing the little things like that, I think goes a long way. And yeah, I I can't wait for year three of this club. And hopefully they can bring that championship home, not just the shield, but a championship. Um, Last question that I have here for you, San Diego sports in 2024. I think there's a lot to look forward to what are you looking forward to there's some events obviously the Padres San Diego State football with Sean Lewis San Diego State basketball in March San Diego Mojo their inaugural season with women's volleyball at Viejas Arena the the women's gold cup SDFC announcements there there's a lot to look at um I don't want to miss anything yeah I mean the main stuff there the soccer obviously there's a lot in San Diego so what are you looking forward
1: to yeah, the one thing I would have added to that list is uh, the opening of Front Wave Arena uh, yep. up in Oceanside because that'll take place in August or September, and that's a brand new arena for San Diego County. That's a North County entertainment hub uh, that North County doesn't have currently, and it's something that was built with private money. It, it was there was no public subsidy. This you know, there's no Oceanside hotel fee or or tourist tax that's paying for that arena. That was paid out of partnerships and our ownerships money. So. I'm really excited for that. I think it's going to be a, a cool new engine again for commerce uh, for San Diego sports. You nailed a lot of the things I'm excited for. Obviously, a a better Padres season. I think we're mm-hmm. all just hoping that this will be the the scrappy do team, you know, as opposed to the the big hulking team that didn't quite get there uh, last year. And if there's one thing that like we don't quite know yet, but I'm really, really waiting for, it's who's the big player, the DP that San Diego FC signs? Who's yeah. that first big name? Because there's been rumors, right? Yeah, it's easy to go, okay, we've got an Egyptian billionaire owner. Mosala, come on down. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's back up the Brinks truck. Let's do a messy deal for Mo Salah. What if they do that? Like, I mean, if they do that, know, we're the center it, I, of the international soccer world for a minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That would be super. I mean,
2: you want to bring excitement and attention to your club because there's been times, I'll be honest, there's been times with San Diego FC where, okay, there's a lot of attention, the start of the club, there's the press conference, there's the crest, and that, whatever, with the negative stuff with that. I think people will get adjusted to it. Um, but then it kind of dies down because obviously there's not really anything to talk about because it's not like they're signing a bunch of players or anything. But if you want attention, you want people going, yeah. That I mean, the wave nailed it, obviously. Let's not even forget about Abby Dahlkemper. I mean, it, it wasn't just Alex Morgan. Obviously, Alex, that's the big thing. But Abby was the first addition to that club. It's huge. It, it can be huge for that club. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I I can't wait, brother. And, uh, you know, hey, 2024, Hope Springs Eternal. We got 20 hours a week to talk about it on Annie and Elston, so I'm certainly hoping for good things Oh yeah, (laughs) to talk about. Uh, For the most part, we all love to be San Diegans, but we can't talk about the sunshine every day. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, man, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, It's been a great conversation. Really love any time to talk WAVE, you know, talk SDFC, talk soccer, talk about the sports that aren't. The big, but hey, Padres, look, we'll talk about it all the time. And if if you love Ben's show and you haven't given uh, mine a chance, Padres Hot Tub with myself, Chris Reed, Rafe Cantor. Uh, We've been doing it. The two of us now, or the three of us have been doing it for over a year, but all the way back to make the Padres great again. Been doing it since 2015. So uh, got a great, great baseball community. Really, really smart baseball community over there. So check it out if you have the time. Yep. All
2: of their, all of Craig. So the YouTube link to their show, the, the station's YouTube. All of that will be in the description. Padres hot tub stuff that will be in the description as well, so you can find him. All that stuff there. Um, Craig, again, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. This has been episode 554, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Main sponsor of the show, Gaglion Bros. Famous cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location on Friars Road. They're inside Snapdragon Stadium and Petco Park. Can't wait to have them again at Petco Park this coming season. Everyone, have a great rest of your day, and hopefully you enjoyed. This conversation with Craig and Craig on the radio, 97.3 The Fan, weekdays 10 to 2.